Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. It is here and we are ready to go. Cannot wait for everything that is about to unfold with Championship Week. Major college basketball headed to Selection Sunday, coming this Sunday night where the field of 68 will be announced. And we love talking all about it, including those teams that are given less of a chance. This is the time for the upsets, for the underdogs, and we love it here as part of Three Dog Thursday. So great to be back with you. We've got special guests coming up. To try to give you some insight, I want to tell you up front on Three Dog Thursday, we're going to have to do it a little differently. We can't pick specific games per se unless we were only going with like Thursday underdogs. We want this to last through the weekend and conference tournament play and all the automatic bids and everything sorting out. So we're going to go with a little different theme that we've done for years now in March during championship week, which is give me a team or two in a conference tournament that doesn't have a one or two in front of their name, not the top two seeds, that can make a run, that team all the way to get into the championship game, if not win the whole thing. So we're emphasizing uh, right now looking at teams that are three or lower and sometimes maybe four or five or lower that can win a couple of games, get into the championship game, and maybe even win a championship game. I mean, look at last year where you had Georgetown with a losing record win the Big East. You had uh, Georgia Tech right around 500, was not in by any stretch of the imagination into the field of 68, yet won their way in by winning the ACC tournament. We see this over and over again where teams get on a run and put it together three nights in a row, four nights in a row. That's what this time of year is all about. So pleased to be with you on Three Dog Thursday. Again, however you found the show through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, through a social media link. Make sure you follow and subscribe. We come your way on Thursdays all the way through the NCAA tournament and the Final Four. We'll be here talking underdogs. Again, the mayhem of the NCAA tournament will be ready to go next Thursday and Friday. Tons of underdog plays in the NCAA tournament on specific games and those lines. Looking forward to that show, but we got to get there first. We got to get the field of 68 first. And whether it's the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis, the SEC tournament's right here in Tampa Bay. We're going to talk more about that uh, coming up, uh, whether it's Kentucky or Arkansas or Auburn or Tennessee or even those Florida Gators or LSU or Alabama. They're all coming to the Amelie Arena, the downtown Tampa Arena, where I live here in the Tampa Bay area. Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas, Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, on and on. ACC tournament is in Brooklyn. Uh, Coming up, we're going to cover all of this, and I've got some special guests to help me here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Gary Seegers is going to be right back aboard. We had him on a few weeks ago to talk some college basketball. Gary will be back from the Winning Cures Everything show and podcast and also BetUS and the BetUS TV programming. Gary's got some insight on my Memphis Tigers. Can they do damage at the American Conference Tournament? 
uh, coming up in Fort Worth, Texas. Houston is the one seed, but man, my Tigers put it on the Houston Cougars for a second time back on Sunday. They've now won 10 of 11 has Memphis. They come in as the three seed in this American Conference Tournament, likely to face SMU in a semifinal situation before they get a chance at Houston and a chance to beat Houston three times in one year. Memphis hasn't beaten SMU. SMU won the two games, the Ponies, with the Memphis Tigers in the regular season. So Gary will talk about that. We'll talk about the SEC tournament, and he's got a couple of thoughts on some teams to make a run under our criteria, Big Ten tournament and otherwise. So Gary Seeger's coming up straight ahead. A little bit later, Bill Rowland will be here with me. I love Bill's insight on everything Atlantic 10 and his George Mason Patriots. He's the play-by-play voice. Bill's going to have some thoughts as well on the mess involving the Bryant-Wagner Northeast Conference Final won by Bryant. They're in the tournament for the first time ever, but an ugly scene with the Wagner fans being harassed by the students of Bryant uh, behind their bench, and then a full-scale punches thrown, knockdown, drag-out brawl in the stands that delayed things for some 30 minutes on Tuesday night. Bill will have thoughts on that. He'll talk Atlantic 10 tournament. He'll have some thoughts on some other underdogs to make moves in the Big East tournament, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot to talk about with him later on on Three Dog Thursday in our mode of projecting for these conference tournaments. And again, the A-10 tournament has the likes of Davidson, and Dayton and Virginia Commonwealth, uh, that one being played out in Washington, D.C., all across the landscape, whether it's Las Vegas that's got, what, three, four, five, nine tournaments going on. Uh, The Mountain West tournament's going to be very intriguing. The WAC tournament is out in Vegas. The Big West tournament is out in Vegas, along with the Pac-12. It's incredible. We did see Gonzaga also win in Vegas in the West Coast Conference Tournament. They got revenge on St. Mary's for that win at the very end of the season for St. Mary's at home. Gonzaga paid them back on Tuesday night, punching their ticket for the automatic bid. I got the chance to work on TuneIn and National Digital Radio, the Horizon League victory by Wright State. That came on Tuesday night in Indianapolis over Northern Kentucky. Wright State, an incredible 16-point second-half comeback and turnaround to win on a last-second shot in the final 10 seconds by Trey Calvin, a guard for them. A great job by Wright State. They're still going to probably be a 16 seed. Are they playing the likes of a Duke or a Kentucky or a Baylor or a Gonzaga? Will Will Wright State maybe even be in the first four uh, in Dayton, Ohio as a 16 seed? We'll see, but I saw them on Tuesday. I remind you, too, that I'll be working the Conference USA championship basketball game. This is the conference with North Texas, UAB, Western Kentucky, uh, Texas El Paso, uh, on and on in Conference USA. Uh, We're anxious to call that game Saturday night on TuneIn on our brother channel, the College Basketball Coast to Coast channel. We're excited to have that at 8.30 Eastern time from Frisco, Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the Cowboys practice facility, the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. That's where they're playing the CUSA title game. Anxious to bring it to you as part of uh, the coverage on college basketball coast to coast and free on tune in Saturday night. Another automatic bid going there. I mean, I realize on Saturday night, Big East tournament final, ACC tournament final, Big 12 tournament final, uh, Pac 12 tournament final. Got all those different games. We'll mix in the Conference USA tournament final. You'll hear it live on digital radio on tune in for free Saturday. So I can't wait to head to Big D and be part of that game and that call coming up. So lots of college basketball in the docket. I'm well aware of the Russell Wilson trade from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos in the NFL. The Broncos gave up a ton in quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant. Those are both former number one picks. Uh, a good defensive lineman, and then three premium number one and number two picks. I mean, I, I submit to you, uh, or actually two premium number ones and number twos, I submit to you that that trade is every bit as outrageous as the Herschel Walker trade, the famous one that bolstered the Dallas Cowboys. I know the Cowboys ended up with many more draft picks, but there are better players here from Denver, including a quarterback going to Seattle. Russell Wilson, a lot to live up to. Injured season last year. Clearly, Seattle's in the rebuild mode and trying to get picks and free agents and draft picks. And we'll see how it all plays out ultimately for what Seattle got in return. Can Russell Wilson bolster Denver? And you better believe Denver thought they were in on uh, Aaron Rodgers if he was going to maybe be traded. But Rodgers has agreed to a contract extension to stay with Green Bay. 
So that trade is made for Russell Wilson to Denver. So NFL free agency is going to be going on crazy, but we're basketball intensive here on Three Dog Thursday, college hoop intensive to give you some gambling advice, some futures advice as we go along. So let's get that started. Let's get that underway with the conference tournaments going on. I am anxious to talk about all of this. Get uh, get ready. Get ready for the mayhem of dozens and dozens and dozens of conference tournament play games Thursday into Friday, Friday into Saturday. We cannot wait. Let's get going right now on the show. As promised, I love this man's insight whenever I get the chance to have him on, especially for something creative like what we're doing. Because, again, you can't go into this weekend and pick specific games because who in the world knows the matchups upcoming, especially when the upsets start flowing and you know they are going to be coming from every which direction as part of championship week, championship weekend, and leading to Selection Sunday. Gary Seegers from the Winning Cures Everything show and podcast. He and Chris Giannini do tremendous work on that. Gary also with TV. And, uh, and everything that they have going on, not only with college football, but with college basketball, et cetera. I love having you on Three Dog Thursday. It is our time of the year in March. It is getting fantastic over the next few days here, leading to Selection Sunday night, Gary. I'm glad to be here. It is a fantastic time of year. You know how much I love March Madness. I am always glad to be here. Yes, and we are glad to have you to get some insight. Uh, all right, I can't wait. Right away, the Memphis Tigers. Go Tigers, go. Uh, full disclosure, I am an alum. Full disclosure, Gary works for the U of M in, uh, in, in their IT and, and solving all their computer issues, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay, the Tigers have won 10 of 11. Fantastic performance Sunday to close out the season against Houston to sweep the Houston Cougars. The Houston Cougars have never been swept in American Conference play by anybody. Memphis has certainly played their way onto the bubble. Give me a quick assessment here as they get ready to play in the American Conference Tournament, Fort Worth, Texas, this weekend. Uh, well, I will say that the metrics certainly like them since Imani Bates went out of the lineup. Uh, since the beginning of February, you look over at BartTorvik.com. Uh, Bart Torvik has uh, incredible analytics on his site, but this is the third best team as far as efficiency goes in the country since the beginning of February. Now, the thing that scares me, obviously, about Memphis is they don't really have a true point guard other than Alex Lomax. And while I do like Alo, I don't know exactly how good he is compared to the rest of the team, but they have figured out a way to lean on those upperclassmen. It is their team, and this is a fantastic basketball team right now. They are uber-talented. And playing with confidence, and Jalen Durden is, uh, Duran has really stepped up as the freshman phenom with Bates not there with him in tandem. Uh, and, and they have made threes. So let's see. Will it translate on the neutral floor? Maybe a dangerous game with Tulane. Maybe a rematch with SMU coming, which SMU swept Memphis, speaking of the sweeps, including a win in Dallas a couple of weekends ago. Uh, so if I say to you in the American Conference, is Memphis the sleeper? The disclaimer is kind of that it's a three-seater below. You're kind of like an SMU, though, maybe as the team to watch, or is it somebody else? What about what about Ron Hunter's two-lane team against Memphis? Could they create trouble in this tournament, Gary? What are your thoughts? Tulane did play Memphis pretty tough not that long ago, but I just I don't think they've got the dudes. This looks like a three-horse race to me. Like, this is Houston, Memphis, or SMU. Uh, SMU is the two-seed. Memphis the three, but, you know, you look at the odds on this. Memphis is plus 350, plus 300, depending on where you get it. Uh, Houston is a, a minus 160 favorite, somewhere around there. Uh, SMU, much further back, you know, plus 450, plus 500. I, I saw a couple of books that had them at plus 600 to win this thing, which is why, you know, I kind of like the idea of going with SMU here. They played Houston really, really tough and actually did deal Houston one of those losses. And they also swept Memphis. So this is a team, if you can get them at plus, you know, 500 to win this tournament, uh, they also have the sense of urgency because they're the only one that I believe will not be in the field if they don't win this thing. That's the biggest issue for them. So I, I do kind of like SMU here, but, I mean, if you want to know the honest truth, like I, Memphis and Houston seem like they are set to battle again. 
Uh, and I like the Tigers a lot right now. They are playing as well as anybody in this country. SMU, by the way, will play the early game on Friday night against either Tulsa or Wichita State as we release the Three Dog Thursday podcast. Memphis, again, will get the Game 3 winner, uh, and that is um, on Saturday. on uh, and uh, South Florida, right? Yeah, UCF and South Florida, so they will not get Tulane. Tulane is actually earlier in the day in t- with Temple. That's my mistake. Again, I'd watch Ron Hunter's team for the ability to defend, for the ability to uh, uh, rebound, Again, they would be in the way of Houston in a semifinal for Saturday if uh, if they get out of that 4-5 game. We'll find out what happens in the American. The Tigers, I believe, have done enough for the first time in a decade since my twins were in preschool. And my twins are now in the eighth grade, Gary Seegers, that Memphis it's could be in the NCAA tournament. We'll, we'll see oh. if the Tigers can be back there uh, or not. All right, so here in my area, Gary's going to have eyeballs not only on the American tournament, but he's an Alabama guy. And the Tide and Kentucky and Arkansas and Tennessee and Auburn and the Florida Gators and everybody in Tampa Bay, Champa Bay, Gary Seegers for the SEC men's basketball tournament, uh, which is it's a very deep, very loaded conference here. But if I say to you, besides the two at the top, besides a Kentucky and or maybe an Auburn, who else rings the bell here to watch them try to make a move into the championship game, if not win the thing? What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's the two that are right under them. I think your three seed in Tennessee can certainly do it. Tennessee seven and one down the stretch. I, I love the balls. What scares me is, you know, they don't get to play in Thompson bowling anymore. So that's obviously a big deal. Uh, the other side of this is, is Arkansas. They're the four seed. You can get Arkansas at plus 600. You can get Tennessee at plus 400 to win the, uh, the SEC tournament outright. Now, Tennessee hasn't done this in, you know, decades. What was it, the 70s or, or maybe early 80s, the last time they won the SEC tournament? But right. uh, but this team feels a little bit different. Kennedy Chandler, the point guard, absolutely fantastic. Fulkerson, everybody else. Like, Tennessee's got a great team. Arkansas, with J.D. Note, he's finally got some help. Uh, Arkansas, again, just like Memphis, they are a top-10 team since the beginning of February. What did they win, 14 out of their last 16? And, no, they didn't look great when they played at Thompson Bowling, but they only lost that game by four. I, I feel good about Arkansas because I think that they can beat Auburn, and, and I do believe that Tennessee can beat Kentucky. We've seen both of those teams already do that. It would not surprise me if you did not get the Wildcats or the Tigers in that championship game. And, again, uh, on the slate here, it's a double buy into uh, Friday – for those top four teams. So in the case of Tennessee, they are sitting back with either Mississippi state or South Carolina to be determined for Arkansas. They are sitting back uh, with the potential to play LSU again. And, uh, and LSU uh, that, that's a dangerous team to me with that length, their ability to defend. They've got five or six guys that can defend a rebound. I, I say in the sec LSU may be dangerous in this scenario upcoming here. We'll find out if the uh, if the Bayou Bengals would be. Of course, everybody's going to look at the chalk and look at Kentucky, look at Auburn, and say it's going to be those two. Um, we will see. We will see. Any final thought on the SEC? Is Kentucky cutting the nets down when it's all said and done, or is it somebody other than Kentucky, Gary Seegers? That's, I, I really think somebody other than Kentucky because they're going to try and get Ty Ty Washington and Severe Wheeler back in, and I just think it takes a little bit of time for some chemistry. Kentucky's got – uh, bigger thoughts, right? They've, they've got a national championship on the mind. They are not as worried about this. And I know that there's a big blue nation is there, right? But I think Kentucky is using this more as a tune-up for the NCAA tournament. Uh, it would not shock me to, to see, again, neither of those in there. Uh, everybody talks Alabama is a possibility for upsetting Kentucky. I don't see that. Alabama is way, way too inconsistent. They have not played well. Uh, in conference play at all. I think they finished nine and nine. So they're the sixth seed right now. But, uh, but you know, your, your thoughts on LSU? Absolutely. Like they, they have got the studs to be able to do this. Uh, and they, they play defense. That is the biggest thing going into tournament time is can you play defense? The issue for them has been, you know, do the shots fall? They have not been a very good shooting uh, team so far this year. And, you know, if they can get a little hot, then yes, I could absolutely see it. Uh, but they would certainly need something to happen that that hasn't really happened consistently all year. 
All right, we will find out what that uh, SEC tournament shakes out like. Gary Seegers is with me. Winning Cures Everything is the show, winningcureseverything.com. Find them on YouTube. Find them through social media at Winning Cures Everything. Uh, Gary's Twitter handle at GaryWCE. Uh, before you have to get out of here, and we do as well, is there another team somewhere else that meets my criteria that you love kind of on a futures play as we get ready for the weekend, et cetera, to maybe be in the championship game, if not win it. Maybe it's a big 10 team. Maybe it's a big East team. What do you think, Gary? Well, let's, uh, I'll give you one really, really long shot in the big East. Uh, I, I believe that you may like uh, Connecticut, but I, right. I think Seton Hall has a shot here and, and you get Seton Hall at like plus 10,000, I believe. Wow. I mean, it, it's crazy numbers. But they won their last five games. Uh, they are, you know, pretty much a lock for the NCAA tournament. But that's a team that, again, has length. They can hit shots. Uh, they are, you know, a fundamentally sound basketball team. They defend well. Uh, they do everything that you would expect a good NCAA tournament team to do. Uh, that's a team that, you know, they could surprise some people. Uh, I, I think that's a team that maybe you should look out for in the Big East. Uh, another one in the Big Ten is five-seed Iowa. Now, yes, they would have to win their first game, and then they'd have to play against Rutgers, and then you got to go against probably Illinois, I believe. Illinois would have to play Michigan or Indiana. Uh, But Iowa, again, this is another one of those teams, if you look over at Bartorvik, uh, you can filter these things out. If you just look since the beginning of February, Iowa is the fifth most efficient team. No, no, no. My apologies. They are the second most efficient team in the country. Like, that is – astronomical numbers they are playing insanely well uh their two losses since the beginning of february have both been on the road to top 10 big 10 teams that is and they were really really close so i like iowa a lot going into this big 10 tournament i don't feel like a lot of people are talking about them everybody uh, has purdue right now as the favorite and i get it but purdue's the three seed illinois is going to be a really tough out but iowa has been playing lights out down the stretch so I, I will take the Hawkeyes here. They played a tremendous game at Ann Arbor. They were right in the game with a chance to win it at Illinois. So proven away from home recently. This is in Indianapolis. And Gary, as you know, I was already in Indy earlier in the week doing the Tuesday night Horizon League championship just north of downtown where Wright State won it. The Big Ten was descending as I was getting to the airport and leaving. The Big Ten was descending on Indianapolis <laughs> earlier in the week uh, to be in there for this, and we'll see how it plays out um, for the likes of Wisconsin, Purdue, or maybe an upset-minded team like Iowa, like Gary's talking about. Back to that Seton Hall pick that you made. They're going to play Georgetown, winless Georgetown, uh, on Wednesday night. Again, as Gary and I release the podcast, we don't know that result. We suspect that they will win, and then and then it will put Seton Hall – into the matchup with UConn, who I like, what would be the 3-6 matchup. So we've got picks that are going to kind of duel against each other. I think UConn could make a run into that draw, into the semifinals maybe with Villanova and into the championship game. You disagree with me a little bit and think maybe it's Seton Hall that could do it, some upset-minded teams. And Seton Hall put together, I think, four wins in four nights to win this thing back about four or five years ago with Kevin Willer. Different players, et cetera, but they've done something like this before in Georgetown, of course, last year with no fans at the Garden, won four games in four nights with a losing record, Gary Seegers, and able to win the <laughs> I tournament. I so, do it this year. Who, I, yeah, I no, doubt Norfolk Town can pull that this year. <laughs> what a mess that is with uh, with Patrick Ewing and the new buyout uh, that they've now revealed and, and the reason they can't get rid of him. It's, uh, it's a mess there for them. Unreal. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, you're going to be chopping all of this up on Winning Cures Everything all through the weekend, all headed to Selection Sunday. Plug again one more time how we find all of your stuff and where, Gary. Well, you can find me on Twitter at GaryWCE. That is the easiest way to do it. But also, you can find us on the website, winningcureseverything.com. We have the YouTube page, the podcast. You just search it out, Winning Cures Everything. That'll be the easiest way to find us, my friend. And he's got all the coverage coming through the weekend of Championship Week, concluding with Selection Sunday. I know you're like me. We can't wait for Sunday night. We will have a bracket Sunday night and be ready to go with the 2022 Big Dance. Gary Seegers, thank you. I always appreciate it. Uh, you posted and did well for me again. Let's get those Tigers rolling out in the American Conference Tournament. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see if we can get the tide rolling down here in Tampa as well, uh, Gary. See what happens with them. Oh. Thank you for the time, my friend. 
Absolutely, my friend. It, it, the pleasure is all mine. And there he goes, the insight of uh, Gary Seegers. Again, he and Chris Giannini on the Winning Cures Everything uh, podcasted show. They'll be talking all about everything going on with uh, Championship Week through this weekend. And follow Gary again on social media at GaryWCE. He's got the very latest on what he believes about these conference tournaments. By the way, Brian Edwards is usually with me from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com. I asked him to go over the same criteria he sent me uh, through his MajorWager.com website. Uh, three teams that he likes, the Memphis Tigers, the same way at the American Conference. Again, Memphis 8-2, and two, by the way, against the spread in their last 10 games. Keep an eye on that as they are favored in their opening game on Friday night. Uh, Memphis really rolling down the stretch and trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Brian also likes Boise State out in the Mountain West tournament. I like that team as well uh, as a team to maybe watch out for. Again, that's one of the favorite teams. Maybe also the San Diego State Aztecs, who have some NCAA tournament pedigree uh, recently. Let's see what San Diego State can do uh, as well. Uh, out there and Brian also likes the Miami Hurricanes who will be in action in the ACC tournament coming up on Thursday uh, Jim Laranega's team we'll talk more about uh, Jim Laranega in a little bit as well here on the podcast there's Brian Edwards's feelings as we go through all of this and I, I really like it that Big East tournament UConn who will be in action on Thursday with all the upset-minded teams, UConn, again, only a, a three seed, but they're not one of the one or two under my criteria. Can Danny Hurley's team make a run? Late season win over Villanova. They would theoretically play Villanova in the semifinal. I think UConn could be in the title game, if not win the whole thing. What will Providence look like? Will, they, will there be another upset-minded team playing in this tournament? Let's find out as it gets underway in the Big East. We're ready to talk about all of this. Bill Rowland is still to come uh, here with me to talk about underdogs and the underdog plays and the future plays of these conference tournaments. We'll get to him coming up. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Of course, we're ready for all the college basketball mayhem to be going on, and WinBet is helping you cash in. Right now, they've got a bonus for the madness of March. All users who bet at least $50 on a men's college basketball champion futures uh, play will get a $10 free bet for each game that team wins in the tournament. That's round of 16 through championship play only. So again, make that wager of at least 50 bucks on a future team to win the NCAA tournament. And as they continue to win games in the tournament, you'll get free bet plays. Also, users can get a $50 free bet play if they win, lose, or push on a $50 or more bet on Saturday, Sunday games all the way through to the Final Four. So weekend bonus play can be used towards the upcoming college basketball action. You can use it on the NBA and much more. Go to the WinBet Casino and go to the WinBet Casino a mobile app, wherever it is available in all the states that are available, and you've got a chance to get a match bonus right now from WinBet, 100% first deposit match bonus up to $1,000. 100% deposit match bonus for you to play with any way that you want. All right, all these objects are, or all these offers rather are subject to change. The terms and conditions are at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state to play where WinBet is available. And they're coming online on some new states, so check it out more at winbet.com and the WinBet mobile app if your state has it. A reminder, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, you can call one 1-800-522-4700 to find out more. All right, uh, there you go. You bet, you win with our friends at WinBet. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app 
Create the account. Start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. The March to Madness is right around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in for the big dance. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And now is the time to find those Cinderellas while the odds are really high. So get into your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and then just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. Every season, prop swappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. And as an example, Gil from New Jersey purchased a Murray State Futures ticket to win the championship on PropSwap at 225 to 1 odds. Well, right now, most sports books are only offering Murray State at 150 to 1. As they continued to roll through the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament in the automatic bid, Murray State's going to be an upset-minded team. So Gill's ticket from New Jersey looking much, much better. Now's the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are still high. Cash them out then on PropSwap once the tourney starts and they start winning games. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry up, download the free PropSwap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and the red-hot tickets that are for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match using our promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match that deposit up to $500. Join real sports bettors on PropSwap. That's where America buys and sells sports bets. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Yes, I always love insight from all over the place, different forms, different fashions. And whenever I get a chance to talk to this guy in March, I must speak to Bill Rowland, who does a fantastic job with the George Mason Patriots broadcast. Bill and I, as I always say, our alumni of Sirius XM, Satellite Radio Brothers from Another Mother from back 15 years ago, including when Roland's Patriots, uh, uh, GMU, end up going to the Final Four in Indianapolis in 2006. We have history, he and I, and he is back aboard on the Three Dog Thursday podcast trying to make sense of championship week, all the upsets, etc. Bill is ready as we release the podcast to call the 8-9 game for George Mason Radio in the Atlantic 10 tournament, Washington, D.C., George Mason and Fordham, the winner to get Davidson on Friday. We're thinking, we're believing in Bill and the Patriots that that's going to be George Mason against uh, Davidson come uh, Friday. I'm liking the optimism there. Happy championship week. How are things, sir? It's great. Isn't this, I mean, for those of us in college basketball, this two-week stretch, three-week stretch is the best. I mean, it's just the best. Every single night, every single day, there's great games going on. It doesn't matter if it's an, even an 11-14 game. It's still exciting. I stuff come down on the wire. So, yeah, this is a great time of the year. Love it. Thanks for having already, me on, DJ. Uh, yeah, we, we're already seeing upsets on the Wednesday as we release the podcast. The Stanford last-second shot to beat Arizona State. Uh, I mean, you know, game after game on who saw Syracuse winning by 40. You know, who saw Buddy Beheim being a villain and throwing <laughs> a punch and then trying to act like he didn't throw a punch. You never know on this stuff with the madness and with the mayhem. So before we get to some of the games that we're going to look at, uh, and teams that we're going to look at in these conference tournaments that, again, with the stipulation, are not 
the uh, the one or the two seed. And Bill's got a couple of these, mm-hmm. not only in the Atlantic 10 tournament, but a couple of others. I know you feel strongly about what went on Tuesday night in the mm. final of the Northeast Conference tournament. Bryant is in the NCAA tournament for the first time ever by virtue of their blowout win over Wagner. Now, this is not household names. I get it. If they're listening to us in the upper Midwest, if they're listening to us in the Southwest or in the West, you're going Bryant against Wagner. It almost sounds like a law firm. I'm not even sure what it is. Okay, they played at the Bryant Gym in Rhode Island. Uh, there, There might have been at least... Uh, 500 more people than the fire marshal should have allowed, it looked like, in that gym. Hostile, crazy environment. You probably have seen now to the audience some of what went on with the Wagner family members, uh, parents of the players, relatives of the players, FOPs, friends of the program, whoever that was behind the bench getting into it. And, I mean, there were fisticuffs. Ugly, and it could have gotten a lot worse. And, Bill, I know you feel strongly about all of this. I'll let you begin because it's spoiled to a large degree what's a great story, a blowout win, a first NCAA tournament bid on the home floor, and turned it into a circus that's still being talked about. What are your feelings? Yeah, it was strange, TJ, because I'm actually watching that game live, even though it was an absolute blowout, because there's a former player from George Mason that plays for Bryant, Greg Clicks. He's a backup post player for them. So I like to keep tabs of guys that used to be in our program Bashir Mason the coach of Wagner former player Drexel when Mason and Drexel used to play so I had somewhat of an interest in what was going on and with about four and a half minutes to go as everybody has seen the place erupts but if you looked back during that game as it got to be a blowout there was a lot of chirping going on back and forth between the Wagner players the Bryant players the Bryant players and the Wagner bench and some things that were said and, you know, done. And it just kept getting heated and heated and heated. And in a championship game, emotions got high. And all of a sudden you had players trying to go up into the stands. And I imagine that the Bryant, I mean, excuse me, the Wagner player that ended up getting thrown out. And I apologize. I just know he's number 11. I don't remember his name, but you could see it clearly must have been one of his family members the way he reacted because you're not reacting like that kid does if it's just a I'm ticked off because my fans are getting yelled at. But they had – this was the mistake, and, and I feel bad for Brian because maybe they didn't think, it, think about it ahead of time. Clearly they didn't. You put the kids who, if they are worth their salt at all, they are college kids. Their team is going to play for a championship at home. TJ, they better have been pre-gaming at noon that day for a seven o'clock tip. No, so they, probably... they might have been pre-gaming two days ago <laughs> for True. that game when they knew they were hosting an automatic bid title game in Smithfield, Rhode Island on the Bryant campus. This might have been going on since Sunday. I mean, they should have been pretty well lubed up for that seven o'clock tip time. And then you put those kids right next to the Wagner fans. Big mistake. And we found out why it ended up being a big mistake. And it took 30 minutes. And I watched... <laughs> I watched all 30 minutes, TJ, because I was fascinated right. to see how they were going to handle the whole situation. It well, was Sports incredible. is the ultimate reality TV, and obviously I was working the national radio broadcast of the Horizon League championship game, a great comeback by Wright State to get into the tournament in their own right on a last-second shot, but there was even a little buzz on the press row because this was going on at the same time that our game was ending, et cetera. And the delay was going on. And then I, I finally was able to see some of this and the highlights and the shame of it again, is it's overshadowing the Bryant win. Do you, uh, you agree with me? There's a couple of components to this that we just have to articulate. One of those is you've got, if you're going to have that many people, that many crazy lubed up your phrase students, you've got to have better security, more security, and they've got to be around the Wagner, the visiting team. That's obviously part of this. That's Bryant's fault. That's the Northeast Conference's fault for not having been aware that you're going to have a tinderbox here. Don't bring matches. Don't bring matches. Yep. Yep. And the thing is, TJ, the governor of Rhode Island, because that's where Bryant is located, the governor of Rhode Island is in the building right he probably had more security or she i be honest i don't know who the governor of rhode (laughs) island is but they probably had more security 
than the Wagner bench had. That's a I mean, good that's, line, that's by the way. That's just the ridiculous part about all of it. So it, it's amazing that they allowed it to go on. But I give, again, Bashir Mason, the head coach at Wagner, I give him credit. It would have been very easy, and I may have done this had I been the head coach, to just walk and said, you know what? Enough's enough. We're down 34, whatever it was at the time, 36, I think it was at the time that the game stopped. I'm getting my kids. I'm getting out of here because I don't think you can control your crowd. I'm out. And that would have been a terrible way for it to end. But if if I'm him, I might have done it. The uh, governor, by the way, of Rhode Island is uh, Dan McKee, for those that need him. And you're right. He might have had a better security detail than what Wagner had from the Northeast Conference and anybody else. Here's I, I come down on two things. Um, they, they needed and deserved to have the moment, the, the, we want it. The fans are going to run on the floor. Like we see at some of these other games and we're going to cut the nets down. They deserve to have that moment. And the second part of this is for the, for the Bryant players. I didn't see the game, but you're telling me that Peter kiss the leading scorer, Mm -hmm. uh, leading scorer in the nation who had a 30 point game that he was doing some things to taunt. Where were the game officials maybe to ratchet some of this down? Was any of that going on? Cause I'm ignorant again, as the game evolved, were they trying to tap it down some bill? It, it didn't seem to be TJ, to be honest with you. I know at one point they showed the head coach uh, of Bryant talking to, to, to kiss and basically saying, okay, enough, enough is enough. I mean, he went in, we've look, been the killing played- them for an hour. We yeah, get he it. played. Enough. He played phenomenal. I'm taking nothing. He was by far the best player on the floor uh, that night. He was amazing. Had some probably four or five steals. Had a couple of dunks. But the problem was after one of the dunks, and this was still in the first half of the game. He goes in. He gets a dunk, and they're up 25, 26, whatever it was. Hangs on the rim a little bit longer than he probably should have, and kind of stared at the kid that was trying to chase him down. And then look to the Wagner bench. And I know yep. this is audio only, so it's a little tough to describe. But Wagner, their mascot is the Seahawks, the Wagner mm-hmm. Seahawks. He turns and does like a little Seahawk, like, you know, flapping the wings thing at their bench. And it wasn't the first time he had done it. He did three earlier in the game and kind of did the same thing. And I'm sitting there and I, I'm watching the game. I'm like, this dude is going to take a hard foul at some point because right. they're not You're You're down 20. You're not, it's not like it's a five, six point game. Second half, somebody's going to take a, take a swipe at this kid. I'm surprised that they didn't on one of his drives, just take him out. Again, Wagner did return to their credit. Their fans did not. Yep. They got them out of there, and and they basically ran the last four minutes, almost running clock, let them celebrate. And we'll see if Brian ends up in a first four game as a 16 seed. And I got one for you, Bill Roland. They may end up against the right state team that I saw Ooh, in okay. Dayton as a, in a 16 seed versus 16 seed game, right state out of Dayton, Ohio played well down the stretch. They've got a great big man in Grant Basile, uh that was able to, to help lead their comeback. Uh, that may be a game in Dayton. I'm just speculating here. One or one or both of those teams are going to be 16 seed. So one of them may yep. be in Dayton and one of them may be getting I don't know. Duke, Gonzaga, Kentucky, one of those is a number one seed. Good luck, whether it's Bryant or uh, or it's Wright State. Uh, yeah. We will see. I want to make one more point on this because we've evolved now. You and I kind of talked off the year. Now we've had some games go in the books on uh, on Wednesday night before we release the podcast on Thursday. So Colgate has been demolishing Navy for the automatic bid in the Patriot League on campus, same thing. They've got a jack crowd, not as overflowing a crowd as the Bryant situation. You've got all the Navy cadets that are behind mm. the, the the Navy bench. So maybe it's because it's our military, and they're fearful that if I go attack those guys, I might get karate <laughs> chopped and chokehold. They have been so well-behaved watching that game with Colgate destroying them. There's no animosity, and there's no problem there in that game, Bill. And well, I know I mean, you're let, near the Naval Academy in yeah. Annapolis, but there's no problem in that game. There's good crowd control. I'm just putting that out there. Well, are you surprised that the Navy no. kids are disciplined enough not to lose their minds? <laughs> I mean, look, look, it's the Patriot League. The Colgate kids are, are not, uh, you know, they're smart kids too. They're not going to be doing anything stupid. So, yeah, I'm not surprised there isn't anything going on. The Colgate fans would be crazy to get into hand-to-hand combat with our Navy people. So, and by, and by the way, Vermont has destroyed Binghamton on Wednesday night by 30 in a semifinal game of the America East. Vermont's the number one seed. They beat them by 30 in their gym. There was no incident mm. there with their crowd jacked. They're supposed to go to the NCAA tournament. It can be done. 
Uh, you just you had a lot of factors, all things at once. Bryant's never been in the NCAA tournament. They right. got a jacked atmosphere at home. They've been watching everybody else on TV storm the court to go to the NCAA tournament, and it just got out of hand. And again, the the Northeast Conference deserves some blame here yes. on not being better prepared. I mean, they should have been saying, not hindsight, they should have been saying, if you're going to have a crowd of 2,500 and or more than what your normal capacity is, where is the extra security? As somebody joked on another show that I was, every cop in, in Smithfield, Rhode Island, should have been at the game, and maybe yes. some neighboring counties should have right. been at the game to make sure what was happening. Uh, it was kept under control if they possibly could. Go get the Rhode Island State Police. Go get the governor's security detail. Right. Governor yeah. McKee, yeah. like we were saying. Um, all right. So enough of that. The folks that are listening on Three Dog Thursday know that the premise here is I'm looking for teams outside the top two seeds in a couple of tournaments. I know you're going to tell me GMU. I know you're going to tell me George Mason, that they're going <laughs> to find a way to get into the championship game, if not win it. We love that about you. They're in the 8-9 game. Uh, is there another team in the Atlantic 10 that is outside of Davidson, what is it, Dayton and VCU up the top, besides yep. George Mason that could maybe get in this title game and be a disruptor if not win it as an upset-minded team? Yeah, you know what, TJ? And I think that it's going to come out of two of the teams that are probably going to play each other um, in, in the quarterfinals, and that's in the 4-5 game. Uh, St. Bonaventure is the four seed. They're the team that won it last year. They brought everybody back. They were expected. They were the runaway unanimous pick to be the number one team in the conference. Stumbled this year for whatever reason. Head coach Mark Schmidt at times just didn't look comfortable coaching these guys. It's almost like one of those things where it's like maybe they stayed a little bit too long. You know, like you just get tired. You've heard him for five years telling you the same stuff. They had their they had the defensive player of the year in Oshuni. Um, he's going to be, he was hurt down the stretch, but he's mm -hmm. back. He's healthy. They still have Kyle Loft in there. They still got uh, Jalen Adams there. They could be a very tough out no matter who it is, whether it's Mason, if we get past and get past Davidson in, in the, in the, um, in the semifinals or mm -hmm. whether it's Davidson playing one of those two, they're very good. St. Louis also has some of the toughest defensive minded kids in there. And you know, in March TJ, it's guard play. They have one of the best guards in the nation. Forget the a 10 Yuri Collins is a problem. The double overtime game that Mason lost to them in Fairfax, he had 35 in that double overtime game, and that doesn't even include all the assists he had. He's tough. So I think whoever wins between St. Louis and St. Bonaventure, they could be the ones that ends up cutting down the nets. They could knock off Davidson and get to the finals. And again, uh, that game will be on Friday afternoon. It is right after what would be the 8-9 game, which again, we right. think is George Mason and Davidson, and that is coming in Washington, D.C. Again, if you're listening to the podcast, I disclaim on this all the time, you may already know these results, et cetera. As we release the podcast on Thursday morning, we obviously don't know those results. As I talk with Bill Rowland, voice of the George Mason Patriots, giving me a little more breakdown on Three Dog Thursday for a few more moments here uh, Bill, again, can be found on social media at Bill Rowland. Spell it with an H, R-O-H-L-A-N-D. He's been doing George Mason. What, what year is this for you? 15, 20, uh, 93? Yeah. What year is this? Play-by-play play play it's season number 16 overall. I'm, I'm 20 plus. I don't want to say exactly how long. I love that, though. I mean, I the, fact that you're, the fact that you're 33 years old and you're doing all that <laughs> is tremendous uh, for Bill Rowland. Give me another conference and a non-one or two seed that you want, that you want to peek at and think, okay, this team could maybe not only be in the title game, but could maybe win the whole thing, and they're not one of the top two favorites. Do you have another one, Bill? I do. Well, we'll start with the Big Ten first. And I know you had a previous guest on, and I'm agreeing with him, so I wonder how much of a surprise this is. But you look at the Iowa Hawkeyes and what they've done, and I like them. A, Keegan Murray is unbelievably good. And anytime you have a superstar like him on your team, you've got a shot to get all the way through. But the other thing is they don't turn the ball over. They're actually number two in turnover percentage. I know a lot of people don't like Ken Palm. I personally love to look through his stuff. They're number two in the country in turnover rate. In other words, they don't give the ball up. They shoot the three very well. They shoot free throws very well. To me, that's three things that are key when you get into, the, into March and winning time. You've got a stud player. You don't turn it over, and you hit your free throws. That's a recipe for winning. And they played the top seed Illinois tough. They lost to them the last game of the season, snapped their five-game winning streak. They had been playing well. They only lost to them by two. 
earlier in the year. I think it was a four or five point game. So it's not like Illinois owns them in this. If anybody pulls it off, I think Iowa can get the upset done. Again, as we release the podcast, uh, Iowa will be playing just after uh, three Eastern time in the matchup uh, in the in Indianapolis with Northwestern. Northwestern won the game with Nebraska on Wednesday evening. So that is Iowa and Northwestern. And keep an eye on the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, Bill says, because that would be a Friday afternoon game. Again, you know these results. We do not. It would theoretically be a Friday afternoon game with the top seed uh, or would be with the uh, the four seed Rutgers Friday afternoon if Iowa gets in there. I'm I'm kind of intrigued, but what about Michigan with Jawan Howard back? I mean, obviously they're not one of the top four seeds in this. Michigan is up first on the floor with Indiana. Indiana will have a partisan crowd in Indianapolis. I, I joked before, Bill, that I got into Indianapolis or got out of Indianapolis on Wednesday morning, right when the Big Ten was Big Ten was descending on the Circle right. City to be there. An Indiana fan will have most, if not all, the tickets in the downtown arena uh, for that game with Michigan uh, coming early on on Thursday here as we release on Three Dog Thursday. But maybe that Wolverine team found something at the end of the season with a couple of big wins uh, for them to help them at large. Let's see, because they would get Illinois – in the in the Friday afternoon first game up in the Big Ten, let's see what Michigan well, well, has in the tank. Another, do you have another one anywhere else to keep an eye on, or are you good here? I know we got the Big East tournament going on, we got the Big Twelve, we got the Pac twelve going on. Any yeah, any other uh, potential? I'll jump over to the ACC, and I know this isn't a, necessarily a, a a wild card pick because they did play well down the stretch. But North Carolina, people kind of mm. wrote them off at the beginning of the year when they, you know, they lost to Notre Dame. They lost back-to-back games to Miami and Wake Forest there in January. And everybody said, ah, Hubert Davis, it's not getting done. They weren't even considered for the NCAA tournament. But then quietly, they've kind of put it together, and they won their last five games, including, of course, we all know about the victory at Cameron on the last game of the season. Wow. And they, too, they, too, have – a stud player, and Amado Baycott, in my opinion, should have been the ACC Player of the Year. They've got great guard play, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. They could be a team that could spoil again Coach mm. K trying to win his last take, ACC tournament. Take the knife, Bill Rowland, and twist, twist it. it. Yes. I mean, it could actually happen that they are up there in Brooklyn and they end up taking down Krzyzewski again, which if you're Duke fan – Oh my gosh, that would ju- they'd rather lose in the semis to anybody else. They'd rather <laughs> lose to maybe Miami in the semis to Coach L, who's done, by the way, don't count Miami out. Miami's done a great job against Duke historically right. uh, since Coach L has gotten there. So there's always a possibility there. They've been playing well uh, as well. But I think Duke would rather lose to Miami in the semis than lose to Carolina in the finals. There's no question in my mind they'd rather lose to Miami. Jim Laranega, by the way, the Miami coach, he's Coach L to Bill Rowland because he was the yep, Final sorry. Four coach. So you can be yes. chummy with Coach L That's uh, right. when you've been doing his show and all of that stuff. And again, for North Carolina, as we release here on Three Dog Thursday, that is the late game at 9.30 Eastern time uh, from the ACC tournament. And that is against the winner. We don't know the result. That's against the winner of Louisville, Virginia. We believe that's Virginia. Virginia beat them in the final regular season game. They beat Louisville in the final regular season game. We think that's Virginia against North Carolina. What will the Tar Heels do? The only way they can meet Duke, again, is in the championship game if they both get there. Do you agree with me before we go, and I know you got to run, and we do as well, that even if Hubert Davis, I said this last week on the show, uh, or I said this uh, earlier this week on the College Basketball Coast to Coast show while we cross-promote, even if Hubert Davis wins a national championship, even if he cuts the nets down with a national title in hand, it's not going to be bigger than winning Coach K's final game at Cameron after 42 years as a 12-point underdog. Hubert Davis will live off that for the rest of his coaching career, for the rest of his days post-playing. He will live off that, I say. How much of that do you agree with, please? Yeah, I mean, look, if he cuts down a net, I, I don't know. I mean, but, but for no, right my now. My point on that is North Carolina's already done that. Dean Smith's done true. that multiple times. Roy Williams has Roy done Williams that multiple three times. times. Yep, yep. You have done something that nobody else can ever touch or do. Beat him in his final game at Cameron unless he comes back, which I don't think Coach K will come back, that nobody can ever do that again. And you did it in the rivalry game. And I think they will be talking about it 25 years from now, they might still be talking about this in that rivalry 50 years from now. 
Bill will still be oh, around covering no the question. game I mean, and calling I the saying, games. I won't be around 50 years from now, but they probably no. will still be talking about that. Oh, no question. I mean, they still talk about great games from back in the 60s and 70s with this rivalry. So, yeah, there's no question that that will always be talked about. And Carolina fans will always hold it over Duke fan head uh, as far as, hey, that's yep. fine. Your, your coach was there for 42 years. He couldn't beat us in his last game when he was a double-digit you know, favorite. So, yeah, certainly – it has taken the sting off what has just been an average year for North Carolina. And until they beat Duke, they hadn't beat a team that was guaranteed to be in the NCAA tournament all season long. That's why they were on the bubble. They didn't have that signature win. He got that signature when he, when he needed it. I think as long as they win at least a game or two in the ACC tournament, they're in. All right. This man again will be on the call, the George Mason game with Fordham. Again, if you are hearing us on Thursday, Thursday as we release, this is the early game in Washington, D.C. Tell them how they hear you, by the way. And we're in eager anticipation that you're also calling the Friday early game against the one seed Davidson. Bill and I don't know that. I don't have that good a crystal ball to help him out. But at least for the Thursday game, tell them how they hear you on the call, my friend. Yeah, just uh, easy. Go to our website, uh, gomason.com, and then you can find it from there. You're smart. Go to, you know, men's basketball schedule. It's all right there. Yep. All right, so you'll Appreciate be able it. to find you'll be able to find Bill on the call. Have a great call. I'm looking forward to see what kind of damage Josh Oduro and the George Mason Patriots can do in Washington D.C. in the nation's capital. Love Bill's insight. Follow him at Bill Roland R O H L A N D on social media. He's a fun follow as well. Bill also messing around, by the way, in the political world every now and then with a very fun podcast, the Daily Malarkey Podcast, with our buddy Jonathan Grella. Find Roland and Jonathan Grella teeing it up on the Daily Malarkey podcast. Wherever you get podcasts, look for the Daily Malarkey podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of malarkey. It's a lot on politics, light, satire, poking fun, pointing out different things. I'm plugging away for everything you got, brother. I appreciate Thank you for it. some time on Three Dog Thursday, Bill Roland. Let's see what happens in championship week. Good luck to the George Mason Patriots. Appreciate it. Thanks, as always, TJ. And, yeah, this is the best time of the year, so enjoy the games, everybody. Again, many thanks to that man. He's on the Atlantic 10 call of George Mason taking on Fordham as they get things underway on Thursday afternoon. And again, a reminder, you'll know some of these results as Thursday goes on. We don't have the privy to those as we release the podcast. Let's see what happens Friday, Saturday, and into Selection Sunday. Another team, again, that I like is the LSU Tigers in that SEC tournament here in Tampa. Everybody's talking about what Kentucky will do or Arkansas or Auburn. I get that the teams at the top, Tennessee, will be watched. But I think LSU in that draw, in that bracket, they might be – They might be a team to get all the way to the championship game, if not have a shot to win it. I know uh, Will Wade's got a lot of controversy around him with LSU getting the notice of allegations from the NCAA, but he's got athletic, big, long-arm defensive players that can rebound and cause problems. LSU in the SEC tournament is a team that I say uh, keep an eye on. And, and you got to say Michigan State, don't you, every time at the Big 12, uh, the Big 10 tournament in Indianapolis? I mean, uh, we will see what the what Sparty has. But every March, Tom Izzo seems to be fantastic. Will they turn it on some uh, here in the Big uh, Ten tournament uh, coming up in Indianapolis? And again, I was right there in Indianapolis with all the Big Ten uh, fans arriving, as I made mention of a couple of times here on the podcast. Got a chance. I ran into Stephen Bardo at my hotel on Tuesday night before flying back to Tampa on Wednesday morning. Bardo will be on the call of the Thursday early games on the Big Ten Network. Uh, Thursday and Friday, the former Fighting Illini star on the uh, the 1989 Final Four team loves Stevens' analysis. So we were talking about how knockdown drag out between Purdue and Wisconsin and Illinois and Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, I'm going to probably leave somebody out. Rutgers, all the teams that are going to be battling in a Big Ten play for that tournament in in Indianapolis. Can't wait. And it's going to be entertaining as well at the Pac-12 tournament for Arizona, USC, UCLA, all those teams out west. Cannot get enough of this. And one more time before we're done, I will be out at the Conference USA Championship game Saturday night, Frisco, Texas. Cannot wait for that tournament to unfold. We won't know until Friday evening when the semifinals are done 
what it's going to be between North Texas, UAB, Western Kentucky. Those are the top teams in Conference USA. So we're interested to see the championship game, an automatic bid on the line for somebody coming Saturday night into the NCAA tournament. I'll have the call with Tyler Jones on TuneIn. We'll be live in Frisco, Texas, the home of the Dallas Cowboys, the star in Frisco, Texas, anxious to get ready for that action coming Saturday night, 8.30 Eastern Time, 7.30 Central Time. Go to the TuneIn mobile app, TuneIn.com. You'll hear the game for free on TuneIn as uh, as everything unfolds with uh, the channel College Basketball Coast to Coast and the 2022 Conference USA Championship game. All right, there we go. That'll do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. My thanks again to Gary Seegers, Winning Cures Everything podcast, Bill Rowland, the voice of the George Mason Patriots, giving me some breakdown. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Let's go. Let's get it all settled in conference tournament action. Selection Sunday, Sunday night. What will happen? What about the upsets? We're ready to talk all about that next week here as part of Three Dog Thursday. For now, enjoy championship week. Wolf, wolf. And some of those underdog teams that we were giving you to make a run in the conference tournaments. We can't wait for all the action to happen. The mayhem of March is underway, and we're all over it on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.